comic books, video games, television, and movies. In a world where the media has been dominated by superheroes and sci-fi, these barely Irish assholes must band together to make sense of it all. It's not news. It's utterly nonsense. Welcome, everybody, to the Utterly Nonsense Podcast, where today, after I think about a month since we did the in-person one, we are talking about another Marvel property, this time a film. They haven't actually had a theatrical film release in a while, have they? Um, It's it's I'm trying to think of when the last one is. No, there there has to have been something. Was it Far From Home? Yeah, Far Far From Home was after Endgame. And uh, Spider-Man fandom, chill the fuck out. Carry on. <laughs> so, don't be in the MCU. <laughs> no, I swear to God, John, we're gonna be we're gonna be arguing later. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually decided to uh, watch this one mainly just so we could talk about it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have. Because as I've said before, post Endgame, I'm kind of been done with the whole series. Hence, why you haven't heard me in the the ones related to the Disney Plus shows. So. I'm assuming we'll do a Loki one at some point. I won't be here. We'll get there eventually. Uh, some of us are still behind because, uh, let's be uh, uh, from what I've heard, it's a great show and I don't want to rush it. So I will say, as of the time we're recording this, it literally just aired yesterday, the uh, season finale. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it came out. I, I will hold my tongue until we have Mike on here or until we have like a better situation to discuss the whole thing, but it's it, it's a good season finale. I'll 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 leave it at that. Um from uh what Twitter has discussed because thanks Twitter for just being you as always. Never disappointing anybody. But uh the fact that I just saw pretty much just memes of a crocodile with Loki's helmet on <laughs> just makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> I was just like, okay, what? <laughs> I have questions. It's actually an alligator, not a crocodile. Oh, well, they look the same, <laughs> man. All right, it's really hard for me to tell the difference, but fair enough. Like I said, I've only seen the first three episodes. Yeah, so unlike all these other productions, Black Widow is kind of its own standalone thing that doesn't really affect the broader universe or the continuity or anything, which appealed a little bit to me because it's like, okay, here's just one thing. You can just take it for what it is because, let's be honest, the character is dead and this movie came way too late. It really should have came out before Infinity War. I'm sorry, I'm saying this should have came out before Infinity War because it had to make sense. It's just, oh my god. I, I'm ch- it, so it's like, I, I don't want to spoil anything too quickly into this thing. Uh, like, we'll get that. We'll spoiler get free review. Um, I, I don't think it's spoiler free to say it takes place uh, pre-Infinity War, but post-Civil War. So it's Yes, like, uh, it was pre-Infinity yeah. after Civil. So it's in that sort of uh, five-year gap or so. Yes. 
yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know how much more you can really uh, say without like revealing more of it, but it's like it's you find out about that like not even a minute into film. The opening scene, yeah. she's running. It's like what what do you, what exactly. the actual hell do you want? Well, the opening scene is her running. You get a quick backstory on what the hell she's doing as a kid and all that. But you meet her family. So. Right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because to me it kind of felt like her whole origin was sort of rushed. Like, oh, that was lazy, oh, man. And not to spoil it, but there's there's a bit of a montage with the opening credits, and I'm like, ah, oh, really? You're gonna do this? You're gonna do this? And I'm sure if it weren't for the fact that this movie's coming out so late, then that would have been more fleshed out. We would have had this be a deeper drama yeah. about her whole background and struggle with the whole red room and everything. But as of now, it's just kind of. Hey, an adventure on her own with no other Avengers characters, even though we have to keep bringing up the Avengers like five times in a row to remind you. So I will say it reminds me a lot of the Winter Soldier and that, you know, she's sort of on the run from the law mm-hmm. and she can't ask any of the other Avengers for help. But it's this deeply personal story. And yeah. Reconnects with one family because she thought she already had one, but then that went sideways. This former ally of hers is now a sleeper agent turned ally again. Because of Mystic Spray and Plot Device. Yeah. Yeah. I had read this, or I saw this article, and not to dip into controversy too much, but I only bring it up because it has to do with, I guess, the fact that this has come out so late. It said, and I think it was the director and maybe Scarlett Johansson being interviewed and they were asked a question, and this came up. But they said that this movie couldn't have existed before the Me Too movement. Oh, that's bullshit. It has nothing to do with anything. And it's like, no? What are you talking about? I will say, what I didn't realize, and I read this thing after the fact, apparently, like, one of the uh, Marvel higher-ups back in, like, 2015 was basically saying, oh, we can't have a female-led vehicle, the you know, the fan base will never go for it, they're not ready for it. Was Joss Whedon in charge of this? It, it sounds like something he would have said, right? But uh, the kicker is that was like a year before Wonder Woman came out, and then that's really wow, changed really? everything. <laughs> I, I'm actually shocked yeah, by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, of, of course, we know that they rushed to make Captain Marvel, and it's arguably Ugh. one of the worst films in the MCU as a result of that whole thing. I mean, yeah, maybe I could kind of see where they're coming from, because they had Ocean's Eleven, they had Lucy, which had Scarlett Ocean's Johansson. Eight, oh my had- god, I forgot about Lucy. Ocean's Eight, not Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean, Ocean's yeah, I was going to say, hold on, Ocean's Eleven is still George Clooney. Yes, that's the first George yeah. Clooney one. Ocean, Ocean's Eight, Ghost in the Shell, Lucy, which both had Scarlett Johansson, and I don't think did that well. Uh, Lucy had, I'm pretty sure, the same plot as that uh, movie Unlimited or the TV series Unlimited. You know, you mean Limitless? No, it was. It, it went a step beyond that. This wasn't opening up your brain with a drug and making you smarter. This was opening up the, all also the unused portions of your brain. Because everybody knows that your brain is not really in use. The rest is just sitting there. It's just, you know, it's just random matter. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously just inaccurate. Yeah. So she opens up her mind and, and she like... I don't know. She she gains reality so abilities. I, I do okay, want to take that. five seconds. To, I do want to take five seconds to say um, when we did the Invincible podcast, I was trying to think of the name of that Bradley Cooper movie, and I said Unlimited. It's Limitless. And uh, oh my God. I, I just never corrected myself at the time. I didn't even think about it until I was editing that. But whatever. Well, that's going to be put in the edit now. So yeah. <laughs> the words mean the same thing, don't they? Yeah, basically, but, you know, it's like, I I can't believe I got it. They're not mutually uh, exclusive, at least. Yeah. Yeah, so, maybe from the perspective of movies that had come out, it 
quote unquote couldn't have existed, but I think what you just really needed was something that was I don't know, if I say good, that's subjective, so who really knows? Well, but either way, I don't think it had anything really to do with me too specifically. No, I, I- I mean, like, are, what are they suggesting that people are going to see these movies out of obligation to the fact that they have they, they identify with this movement? It's like, oh, yeah, now I'm with it. Now I need to support women in Hollywood. So I will see this movie. It's like, I, no, I, I see it because I'm interested in it because it's a film that I might be interested in. It has nothing to do with movements right. or politics exactly. or anything. No, no uh, sorry. Unfortunately, as a straight white man, I simply saw the movie because uh, Scarlett Johansson is a fantastic actress and uh, I love Black Widow because she's been proven to be a badass since Iron Man 2 and it's about goddamn time she got her own fucking movie. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just how I saw it as a young Marvel fan growing up. I was like, why doesn't this woman get her own movie? And the fact that we got it this late, oh my yeah. God, it's actually disgraceful. But it's understandable with some things that happen, because obviously, well, we kind of predict a pandemic was going to happen. I can give a counter-argument to that, a small one, small one all right. but still an argument nonetheless. So you could say, oh, all the other Avengers got their own movies. Well, Hawkeye didn't. Wait a minute. Not Hawkeye. Where's the Hawkeye movie? Well, he's getting his own series, so. True. Yeah, but that's his daughter, right? No, it's, well, it's not his daughter. No, it's, a, it, it's, it's Jeremy Renner. Oh. It, well, it's focusing on Kate Bishop, who's not the daughter of Hawkeye. She's just a... Oh, wait, what? Seriously? Well, yeah, so he's in it, and he's a featured part of it, but it's like he's training the next Hawkeye, who's Kate Bishop, played by uh, Haley Reinhardt. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Well, I was hoping that with, uh, actually, hold on, I'm going to wait for that, uh, uh, discussing the end credit scene later on then. So yeah. I'll say that for later. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to... Yeah, inevitably come up. So we'll save it for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's going to be some cor- correlation of uh, Florence Pugh being involved in the show as well. But uh, we'll see. And if we anybody is wondering who the hell Florence Pugh is, that is Elena's act. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point she was. For anybody that pays attention, you know what I mean? I think she was a well established name by the time this came out. So we probably don't need to explain too much about it. I will admit, I have not heard of her until this movie. And you never. She easily stole my heart. Oh my God. She was oh, awesome. she was great in it. Um, I loved it. Everything. I only know her from one thing, and I think I did bring this up when we did uh, like a uh, reaction to the first bl- trailer for this film. Is that that I knew her as portraying the um, the WWE superstar yeah, Paige, Paige yeah. in her own. Really, that was her. Film. Yep, fighting with my family. Yeah. Really, I didn't know. Uh-huh. I know. Oh my god, the W Diva Paige. Yeah, I forgot about her. Actually, that was sort of her. I forgot that they made that movie, but it wasn't. Uh, Named after what was it? It was just like in the family or something. Fighting with my family. Fight, yeah. All right. Yeah. Because uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, her and her brother were like trying out, and they met like met the Rock or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The Rock is like a cameo in that. Yeah. So her other sort of uh, major role that she's known for is uh, she was in Greta Gerwig's Little Women, which came out in uh, 2019. Oh, Little Women. Yeah, I've heard about that, but uh, it's, uh, apparently it's one of those movies that make you cry, and I'm like, no thanks. It, it doesn't. <laughs> I, honestly, I think it's massively overhyped. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, it, it's a period piece. It's a little bit weird. I don't think you really need to see it. I mean, there's uh, several hit blockbusters that I still haven't seen, so uh, yeah, which one will we figure out this podcast that I still haven't seen? Tune in later. <laughs> So, let's actually get into the movie. So, yeah, to start off, and I will say the director of it is, like, not even someone that's that well-known. She has a few credits to her name. This this was sort of like her first blockbuster, if you really want to uh, 
What is this uh, director's name by chance? Uh, Kate Shortland. Yeah, Kate Shortland. Kate Shortland? Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't sure. So she has a couple TV series episodes, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, The Secret Life of Us, and Smilf. And then films, she has Somersault, Lore, Berlin Syndrome, and then now this. It's worth mentioning, it was also, uh, one of the writers on it was also the showrunner for WandaVision, so there was a little bit of a tie-in there. Alright, cool, that's fair enough. Yeah, Jack Schaefer. I like that. Yeah, so, I will say, it didn't, I'm trying not to get too deep into spoilers this early on, I, like, I want to have, like, clear, uh, spoiler section once we get to it, but. So, uh, then I suggest we talk about overall our opinions of how the character is like that were just finally first introduced to us that uh, just made their debuts in the MCU. So I'm yeah. saying, what? like, uh, what would you think about the introduction of Red Guardian and Lena as well as um, – what was the mother's name, uh, Melina? Uh, Rachel Weiss. Um, I'm not sure what – Melina? I think it was Melina. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say I think Melania? that's the character's name because I <laughs> – Melania it, – it's a Russian name, all right? I have always had difficulties with those. So Marlena, uh, I don't know, but let's see Melina. Anyway, my point in bringing up the director was because so she's directed like these smaller drama focused films. And clearly, unless I'm wrong on this, but I don't think I am. I don't think she's standing there directing anything during all of those action sequences and explosions and special effects. I don't think she had a hand in any of that. Well, who's to say? No, I mean, I... It... And I think it kind of shows, because this feels like two movies. There's the character drama, and then there's big stupid special effects, come watch big heckin' adventure with explosions and bing, bang, boom, punch. Well, it's clear that Michael Bay wasn't involved. There was not enough explosions. <laughs> you definitely have to wonder... <laughs> there were a decent amount. You know, I actually... Well, I, I, I did make, a, like, a Michael Bay joke in my head, but again, I was in the theater for the first time ever, and I was like, Damn it, I wish someone was here to, so I could make the joke to right now. <laughs> I was looking at the time code as I was watching, and by the 40-minute mark, there had already been four decently long action sequences, and I stopped counting there because that was essentially at every 10 minutes, action sequence. Well, it's she's a super spy, technically. Is she? She doesn't really spy on anything. She doesn't spy on anyone to find out where the guy is. She just asks you know, her quote-unquote mother... Hey, where's the guy? And then they go to the guy. Well, he here's the thing. And um, I, I think it was the original Avengers. She's interrogating the guy. Like, pretending she got caught. So, I mean, it was the same thing. She was like, hit them with the, thanks for your cooperation line, which is my favorite damn line. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's without spoiling anything, they basically recreate that moment during the climax of the film. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, either way, she, they recreated the line, yeah, slight spoiler there, but it's just like, alright, I mean, hey, she knows what she's doing, because, like, as if she hasn't done this long enough. Um, yeah, I, I can't really say too much more about that specific moment without spoiling. So I will say, I think Red Guardian was actually my favorite character in the whole film. Um, yeah, yeah, he... Him and Yelena <laughs> stole the show for me. Like, it helps that David Harbour is just fantastic in basically everything he does. Great. But it's just, I love that character. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like when you see him in Family Back to the Game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's spoiling anything to say he's in prison. That's where they first uh, meet him. And he's just like this badass Russian super soldier who's like arm wrestling all these guys. Bragging about how he beat up Captain America when he was allegedly frozen. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. It's funny as hell. I'm sorry. And then this, I don't know where this guy that looks like he's the equivalent to three like other people's. His name is probably Igor because he's Russian. But 
literally goes like, Captain America was still frozen in 84. He just breaks his hand, goes like, we're saying? <laughs> that, that literally had to be like the, the funniest scene to me. Just because it was just like violent for no reason. Yeah, I will say before like getting ahead, my one of my favorite scenes in the film, or probably my favorite scene, did have him in it, and it was a line he said that I actually laughed at. Oh, what was that? Uh, I mean, I think we'll get to it later, but it All was right, the enough, uh, the enough. family dinner scene. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that scene's great. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> so the origin when it started off, it doesn't really play a lot like a Marvel movie. No, Because really. it shows these kids, and I, I'm thinking one of them is a boy. Yeah. I, I think we, I think literally everyone who saw that scene thought the same thing, because... <laughs> it's just like, wait, hold up, what's going on? Well, I was telling you guys before I started recording, um, you know, when I went to see this thing in the theater with my mom and my sister, we were all wondering who this little boy is at the beginning of this movie. You know what the problem is, and I don't know if they did this intentionally to throw you off, is that her hair was blue, whereas Black Widow's hair is always red. Yeah, and you could sort of see there was like red uh, streaks at the very base of it, right? Like you could tell that her roots were sort of showing a bit. But, you know, yeah, the wardrobe was a little more on the masculine side, so I think that sort of threw me off. Um, You know, I've seen pictures of Ever Anderson outside of this role, Ever Anderson plays young Black Widow, so... Uh, oh. The daughter of Mila Jovovich, who also literally looks like her clone as much as Boba is a clone of a Django yeah. Fett. So, she looks perfectly feminine normally. It's just, for whatever reason, this outfit she was wearing just completely hides that. I, I, I genuinely thought it was like a 10-year-old boy when uh, we were watching <laughs> the scene. Yeah. So, uh, the whole part with her origin where and you know it, it started to click with me pretty quick when you see david harbour first walk in and then you know the whole tone changes yeah i mean it, it all sort of clicks before they sort of even reveal it's actually they're an undercover family and yeah. this is the part that i like because i always said in regards to the black widow character isn't she supposed to be russian where's her whole yeah. where's the whole russian side of her here it is and here's why she has an american accent mm-hmm. so that that clicked for me that tracked <laughs> And so I like how they have the family moment, even though it's, you know, it's pretend you see it happening. And then remember when I said, he tells his daughter, we're going to go on a great adventure one day. Today's the day. We got to move now, Mao. And it's like, it's kind of sad and tense at the same time because you have an idea of what's coming. And the girl is just like, daddy, I need my shoes. No, honey, where are we going? You don't need shoes. I was just like, what the fuck? I was thinking maybe he said that because he didn't want to leave evidence behind that they left the house. Right. Yeah, and I was thinking that. I was like, ooh. And then I was like seeing, wait, how did they not get stopped at the checkoffs? Yeah. Like, they literally set them up with all within a block of their house. Hold the hell on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, the second something like that happens with checkpoints, everybody's getting checked. Like, yeah, let's go around it. <laughs> I mean, and then it's just like, yeah, you probably just went around it. And that's why then four squad cars showed up with that tiny ass plane. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say the plane chase was probably my favorite action sequence in the movie because and we'll probably get to this as we go on it seemed like the least over the top to me like this seemed like something that definitely could have been in a spy film like you know any of the james bonds or mission impossible yeah i can see that and you know those those do go over the top sometimes but like in mission impossible that's all that's stuff on the actual screen that's all real stunts for the most part as much as they're able to 
And that's what I kind of wanted to see in this thing, like have it be a spy thriller and have those similar kinds of stunts and sequences. But, you know, At least the CGI is in shit like flesh. It's Marvel, so they go more with yeah. the huge set pieces and ridiculousness of it. But yeah, I definitely did like that whole starting scene. I'm like, okay, pretty good start. Oh, yeah, it was a solid start, without a doubt. Yeah, so, you know, part of me did think for like a brief minute, oh, maybe this is actually her real family. And maybe this is before she was like, yeah, I was thinking the same. pulled into this whole secret agency. And maybe she's, you know, I, it's like obvious early on that that's not actually the direction they went. And it's, you know, they reveal later on that it's uh, not her actual family. Yeah, and they were all on mission. You know, I'm still left with one question, though. Yeah. Is Natasha Romanoff even her real name? Probably not. Ooh, probably not at all. I know in the yeah. comics, her last name was Romanova, or maybe it switched between them Yeah, a few times, but... It, it was interchanged, I believe. I think that was also her cover when she met Iron Man. Oh, you're right. No, no, no. It wasn't yeah. it Natalie? Natalie something? Natalie Romanova or Romanov... Oh, damn it, I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Another thing that they don't um, hint back at in Iron Man 2, and maybe this kind of speaks to the Me Too thing, but I won't get into that, is when uh, when, when Tony Stark is like looking her up on his iPad or whatever, yep. <laughs> he sees these underwear modeling pictures of her. So where's that? Where's that in her origin? I forgot about that, and that kind of made me laugh a little bit because I always forget about how that scene was just a little bit like... No, well, you think it's Tony Stark? Aha, he's having fun and all that. Now, when you're older, you're like, wait, hold on, that's a little creepy. Yeah, probably couldn't get away with that nowadays. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, they clearly threw that in because, oh my god, she's hot. Look, it's like, all right, I do we need that? But also, let's be real. Uh, we don't need to be uh, speaking for Scarlett Johansson because she will call out all you sexist motherfuckers in uh, Marvel fandom out herself. Well, I mean, she's no Brie Larson, so maybe not. <laughs> no, she actually seems to have a personality, so she has that going for her. Well, no, here's the thing. Scarlett Johansson uh, calls it out how she sees it, and she's actually, uh, you know, fair and accurate with it, whereas Brie Larson is just like, is this a personal attack? Well, that was just an offhanded joke. Well, yeah, uh, st I don't know still the fair point there. Yeah, so look, we can't really compare them too too much. I was just, I was, <laughs> no, I not was just, really. But it, it, there's there's lines. I was not being serious. I was being flippant. I, so I, I will say, I think we can all agree the Black Widow, as far as like the female-led features go, Black Widow should have come before any of these other major blockbusters, right? Like, so uh, I just looked up real quick all of the aliases of uh, Natasha Romanoff. It was, and there's a list. There is Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, Nat, Natalie Rushman, The Notary, Master Assassin, Natalie Rushman, that Tatiana was yeah. Sokolava, Alion Vans, Maria Khan, Irina, I'm not even going to try that name because that has a Z and a lot of vowels. <laughs> uh, Auntie Nat, honey, Fanny Long, from <laughs> the damn movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fake ideas. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just realizing that uh, some of them are actually, uh, um, uh, they put in the ones from the movies now, so I'm just like, all right. And there's one that just says Fraulein. Okay. So yeah, she she has a lot of aliases, people. So uh, that answers that question right there. So uh, Natalie uh, Romanoff, Nova, whatever the hell is possible. So uh, it 100 century became before this. Yeah. So I think we could uh, basically say, you know, it, it it should have at least come like canonically when it was supposed to, right? Like we could easily have gotten yes. this post Civil War. Would have made a lot more sense to come out than 
like right now. But, uh, and then like when Infinity War come out, came out, we'd be like, oh my god, how does Hawkeye kill her? Allegedly. Allegedly. Wait, are you f- referring to the end credits? What are you talking about? We haven't talked about that yet. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> Although I don't I don't even care about it. Believe that out, David. I just realized what I did. <laughs> anyway, so then we after the opening scene, they move on to the montage, which is something I do not like. Just brushing past all of the things, because maybe the reasoning is that we saw a little bit of this already in uh, Age of Ultron, but no, that's not enough. This is serious shit that they kind of hint at, and you can kind of tell that they're... At some point in the script, it it feels like there might have been darker themes that would have gone deeper about what goes on in this Red Room, and the fact that it's all women. I mean, why, if you're just training assassins, wouldn't there be men? He says, oh, we're taking kids based on their genetic aptitude or whatever. So you're missing a whole segment of the population that you could be pulling from. They're only taking females. I wonder why that is. Are they actually spies or are they just like hitman assassins? If they're spies, then clearly that involves more. And then you have this guy who's very much like a uh, evil, menacing, one could even say Hollywood mogul abuser type, but... uh. It, it just ends to. up being typical <laughs> spy film bad guy who tells his whole plan in the same scene we've seen so many times in so many movies. And so, why was yeah. uh, what's his name Ray Winston was the actor? What was the uh, the 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 actual character like? Had had we say his name? Uh, Drakov. Drakov. Yes. Why the hell was he literally acting like a cartoon character the entire time? I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he literally was talking and acting like a Bond cartoon villain. I, I, I will say, I think part of that might be intentional. Like, the whole thing does sort of give off, like, a 20, uh, 20th century Cold War, like, Russians versus Americans sort of vibe. And so... I did get that, yes. You know, it reminds me of almost, like, a Doctor Strange love type thing, where, you know, they're just portraying the other side as being just, like, these bumbling morons who are just, you know, literally comical evil villains, right? I mean, yeah, I get the points and all that. But I was just like, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was like, they could have written this guy a little bit better. But overall, like, he, he provided his purpose. I will say, uh, since we're getting into Dracov now, we can probably say we're about to get into spoilers territory since he wasn't like... Oh, yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, bam, 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 bam. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, click off if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, why the hell are you yeah. Well, to sum up my yeah. point about the, the montage, I feel like that is an exemplification of how you see hints of what could have been darker, serious tones that this could have taken, but because it had to be PG-13, because it has to be a fun ride for everybody to go on on the Disney Plus premium package, they had to tone it down. That's my theory. Well, let's be real. They only are rated Marvel associates. Well, Marvel associated movies, I guess, in this speak is Deadpool and all yeah, he does is so, yell fucking shit a lot. It is worth mentioning, um, as of this past week, Deadpool's officially canonically oh, yeah, he's part of the MCU. Candy. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Hi, my name's Korg. I'm made of rocks. <laughs> I, just, I was like, God damn. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, there's on Ryan Reynolds' YouTube account, he posted a video where it's his same Deadpool character with the <laughs> rock guy played by Taika Waititi. I don't know how to say his name. Oh, that was him. Yeah. It was Taika Waititi, yes. Korg from... Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yes. They're doing a, a mock trailer reaction to his Free Guy film because everyone's probably forgotten about that at this point. I actually was looking forward to that. I think it's just stupidly funny. 
frankly. Like, and I need a movie like that. That's just what it is. It's stupidly funny. It's the kind of thing where it's like, I'll see it strictly because Brian Reynolds is good in pretty much everything, even though he plays the same Except character in a lot of the same movies. Well, he's good in that. Would it's you watch R.I.P.D.? I actually I liked R.I.P.D. I to watch it. I actually liked R.I.P.D. It's just, mm. uh, like, you know, it, it doesn't compare to modern day comic movies, but... Uh, not that we're on a discussion of Ryan Reynolds because always uh, I mean, nonsense and nonsense happens here because we're off track again. Uh, the two movies that I actually do really want to see that are not Marvel related from uh, him is uh, Hitman's Bodyguard and the wife's Hitman Hitman's Bodyguard's wife. Hitman's wife's bodyguard. I did see the first one. It's it's fine. It's just like a forgettable sort of action movie. Well, yeah, it's probably one of those movies that's forgettable, like any Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, David Spade movie ever. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're good together, but it's like don't don't go out of your way to like watch it. It's not mind blowing or anything. I mean, I've watched half of uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. So okay, so you've wasted two hours of your life before. Nice. To uh, know. wasted an hour and a half so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The rest might be tonight, so. <laughs> Back on track. Okay, yeah. so spoilers? So, yeah, so spoiler now. We do see General Thunderbolt Ross, and that gives us the Civil War connection. Also Incredible Hulk, because mm-hmm. he was in that. I mean, they show him in the trailer. I don't think that's even a spoiler. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What, what was Hulk involved in this? In the Incredible Hulk, was, that was the introduction of Thunderbolt yeah. Ross, as we see him in this form, as we saw oh, him oh, in oh, sorry. the form in Civil War, and as we saw him briefly in Endgame, I believe, when they were talking on the their version of the Zoom call. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, he, he he was uh, in the hologram talking to uh, War Machine. Yeah, War Machine just like right, can't hear. Right. <laughs> Sorry, can't hear you, Senator. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was funny as well. <laughs> yeah, so it is worth mentioning. You got to think. Um, maybe they're going to be doing a Red Hulk type thing since they're clearly not done with the Abomination. They, uh, I, I mean, when ben. though? When and like the time would have well, been. Shield's like, coming. Before. We know Shield's well, coming. We all know that Mark Ruffalo is really dig- licking Disney's boots. So. <laughs> yeah. So we know we know <laughs> Shield is coming. Either I, I think it's either end of this year or early next year. Uh, we know the Abomination is still canonically part of the MCU since we got the whole Shang Chi reveal. Happy. It, I don't think it's completely out of the question to have Red Hulk involved in it somehow, right? Um, I mean, we they literally made Doctor Hulk a thing without Professor him being Hulk. Gray Hulk, which is the whole point of that. He's able to be Banner's brain, but he doesn't have the super strength. Yeah, don't overthink it too much. Which makes no. I think well, uh, it, it's been like that since Endgame came out. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I feel like they only did the thing where. Uh, Professor Hulk isn't as strong as Main Hulk because they wanted a reason to change him back to Main Hulk in the comics. I, I feel like that's the only reason. I, well, I mean, you also had to, um, what's it called, uh, write, uh, what is it, World Breaker Hulk? Yeah, then there's also World War Hulk or whatever it was called, or Planet Hulk. When he's a planet buster is pretty much what uh, I'm talking about here, all right? So. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about the rest of the MCU. This is disconnected, damn it. Kind of. What are you doing? Back on track again. The nonsense is here. So then we see the introduction of her sister, or rather the reintroduction, and that introduces the whole magic red mist that takes away their hypnosis. Yeah, mind control. And then that leads into, you see uh, Black Widow going to her, her getaway house. And so this leads to a scene where the, let's say, over-the-top unbelievable action starts. She's driving along into the city, right? And then... Boom! Gets blasted with something. I don't think we ever see what it was. 
The car tumbles, it explodes, it's on fire, and she's fine and she can fight. I assumed it was like an RPG or something. No, it was a, it was a red glowy yeah, thing. Yeah, it literally looked like it came from a rocket launcher. It's the kind of thing that, uh, yeah, if it was any civilian anywhere in the world in any context, they would instantly be dead from that impact. And it, they wouldn't have a body. Yeah. Sorry, but it'd be half blown off or burnt severely. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. stepping back for just a second, when we see her sister, you know, she's going after whoever that woman was. And you see her stick the knife in her and twist it really hard and then pulls it out. There's no blood. There's just a little wet spot. Has to be PG-13, you know. PG-13! Yeah, we we can't have her guts going out on the floor. This isn't Lucifer. (laughs) In a movie about an organization of trained assassins controlled by an evil, most likely perverted man... There, it's just PG thirteen. You know, it's it's fine. Kids can watch this. The, guys, I'm just being honest. My cousin's fifteen. He's seen Attack on Titan. That's worse. So, <laughs> okay. So it's worth mentioning. This is our first introduction to Taskmaster. Uh, this version oh, of Taskmaster. God. Here we go. Time to smack talk this. I, I I know we said we were gonna get into spoilers. Um, before we do actually get into the whole backstory here and how obvious the reveal is, um... I did like the concept, I'll admit it. It was somewhat interesting to me being like, oh, okay, they connected it, but I was just like, oh, God. See, I, th- I just, it, it feels so unnatural to me, you know, and... and it, it, yeah, it, no, yeah. and I get that, but I was just like, ugh. But, uh, so what do you think of the actual, this version of Taskmaster? It's obviously a drastically different version from anything we've yeah. seen in the comics. I will say, at first, I thought it was just going to be a robot, like, a you know, programmable android or a Terminator or something. Because we've seen this kind of thing in the MCU before where they take an established yeah. character and they kind of tone it down a bit like Crossbones wasn't that much. And, uh, Ugh. well, obviously there was Mandarin, but they're bringing that back. <laughs> and... I, well, I can't really, can, I can't really think of other examples of them. Oh, yeah, Baron Zemo wasn't fully costumed out in the beginning. No, he is at least. So I thought it was just going to be a programmable robot thing, and I was like, okay, yeah, I guess it's an android instead of a skull face man. He's not Skeletor. Instead, yeah. they just decided to bring Deadpool from X-Men Origins Wolverine back to the yeah. It, it kind of is reasonable of how it could, you know, just see movements and mimic them, which, and I do want to give them credit for this. If you look closely, you notice that Nearly all, or all, because I didn't look too closely, all of its movements when it's fighting is movements that we've seen in other Marvel films. Like, when it's fighting Red Guardian, when you know, when they're on the, the fortress, and you look at the way it takes out the knife, like the little dagger, and it flips it in the air, grabs it, and then does these backhand attacks. That's an exact thing choreographed the exact same way that Winter Soldier did in the second Captain America film. I thought that looks familiar. Yeah, it's one to one, like especially the like choreography of uh, the Taskmaster unit. I'll say, uh, movie, especially like when it was just like doing a basic hand to hand combat. I was just like, is it copying Steve Rogers right now? Yes, it is. It's programmed with his move set, Hawkeye's. You see it do Black Widow's thing that she gets made fun of for oh, yeah. in an oddly oh, self-referential oh, scene. Oh my goodness, where, that, that made me laugh so hard when Yelena was just like, you're such a poser, why do you do that thing with your how head? How does she know, though? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait, how does she know that? Yeah, 
Like what? I mean, it's it's sort of implied the Avengers all have such celebrity status from just fighting crime, right? Like, there must be someone recording them, or... I guess since she probably seen posters of her, because people take pictures, I guess. And, and since Met, it, since the attack in Manhattan, I guess, when they are all getting together, people took pictures of that moment, because apparently they uh, had better things to do than to uh, survive. <laughs> I honestly thought the only time she ever did that pose was in Iron Man 2, when she's fighting those guys in the hallway. I saw it in Iron Man 2, and I could have sworn it happened in uh, either the first Avengers or Age of Ultron. Hmm. And that that's the those are the only times I feel like it could have made sense, you know? Yeah, hmm. but, oh yeah, you also see the Taskmaster pick up the shield the same way Captain America does, where he, like, steps on it yep. and flips it up. Exact way he throws it and everything, too. That, that was a good touch. Whoever was choreographing that did their research. Oh, yeah. That, that was fantastic, I'll admit. And... Even though I didn't like the design completely, the design itself overall was yeah. pretty decent. The fact that uh, they were able to at least get the concept of Taskmaster correctly going, it is a perfect mimic. You can literally copy the style yeah. and fight to full extent of every single opponent. And all that. I'm like, well, yeah, that is what he does. He literally read minds. You notice how it had a hood that it never used? Yeah, I was like, what? Why? Because Taskmaster has a hood. It's just, hey, there's the costume. Yeah, and he does. And a cape, sort of. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm um, okay. So, who it actually turns out to be is the Bond girl from Quantum of Solace, who has all of like two speaking lines in this entire thing. That's probably generous, yeah. I, no, I literally thought it was like maybe one or two because I just remember what I said earlier. I just remember when uh, she gets hit with spray. He goes, she, excuse me, she goes, is he gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit, was that the only time she spoke? Basically. Yeah, I, think, I think so. So, when I was looking at the names in the credits, I'm like, oh, Olga Curly... I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Curry Lenko? Yeah, I knew I recognized her for something. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's that, that, that chick from Quantum of Solace. I see, so she's going to be one of the widows, probably. Nope. Literally the, the least memorable of all of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Probably. I will say I'm not. I wasn't shocked by the slightest that um, by the whole reveal that it was actually Drakov's daughter. Um, they they make it painfully clear that's what they're going for. I could have seen that coming, but I did like the concept of it just being like, no, perfect revenge. You saw if you killed my daughter, and that's not even a Russian accent. I don't even know what the hell I just did. Was anybody in this movie actually Russian? Serious question. Probably fucking not. Well, she. I mean, she's uh, Soviet uh, taskmaster. You mean the actress? Yeah, the actress. Mm-hmm. Olga, whatever her name is. Well, what does Soviet mean? <laughs> Soviet is. I think she. I think she's Ukrainian, but she's from that general area, oh. right? Ah. Um, well, no, they don't like Russians. Uh, yep, born in Ukraine. I'll, I'll explain that why later. I, I think we're all familiar with the politics of, uh, you know, Russia and well, Eastern they- Europe. <laughs> um, Russia and anybody. Yeah, she. So she's Ukrainian, but she was born in the Soviet Union. Um, ah. So I, I think that's the closest you'll get to any of these characters being like actually Russian. But yeah, so they they have this whole thing to explain why uh, Natasha isn't still in this red room things that she defected to Shield and her mission to do that I guess to prove herself, which is the one she went on with Hawkeye. So there's a hint to that there when they had that short conversation in Avengers. Fun fact, kids: when Black Widow was still a villain, she was able to break her mind control because Hawkeye was really, really handsome. Well, apparently there wasn't mind control there yet. No, I'm just saying in the comics. Ah. In the comics, literally, that's how 
they canonically broke her mind control. Hawkeye being extremely handsome. That was it. That that was literally it. So she follows this guy's daughter to him, and then she says, "Okay, we got him. Uh, mm-hmm. You're gonna have to set off the bomb now, even though." cry little tear his daughter is there so they blow it up but then you did not confirm the kill there was no body oh he's not dead obviously and his daughter (laughs) is now turned into a cyborg i'm sure that's not her body underneath there because olga is a small lady and look how tall that damn thing is that thing had to be at least six foot three yeah and i'm a big dude that scared me i i seriously think that it's pretty much almost entirely a cyborg it had to be a cyborg I mean, they're, I guess they're sort of unclear about the whole thing, but they're... Or an android, because you never know, because her internal organs probably could have been uh, ripped asunder as well, considering it was an explosion. Or she was partially reanimated with Kree blood, like Phil Coulson in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, I swear to God. Um, I mean, regardless... They would do that, too, because honestly, it is near that area back where uh, I'm pretty sure if in the uh, canon of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're still uh, working on that. Maybe. I don't know. Or they could be on the uh, the Inhumans and bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, we could speculate endlessly about what's going on with her body, but we do know there were some cybernetic enhancements. I mean, that's made pretty clear. Yeah. The question is, were you okay with this alteration to the Taskmaster character? And I say, as far as it relates to the mm, plot of I mean, the film itself, good question. I was okay with it. it. Yeah, it no, it doesn't really ruin it for me. Yeah, no, overall, I was okay with it. I liked its concept. I thought it was a worthy adversary, but as a villain, it wasn't the main villain. So, no, it was, like, it was just a henchman. It, it, it was, like it, was the it was a great adversary and obstacle for the actual plot of the movie. I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah, I mean, I just hope they bring actual Taskmaster to the screen at some point. For the love of God, please. <laughs> I mean, um, where would like, we please, see that? Please just make don't it Deadpool. Ryan actors. Reynolds, Deadpool 3. Do it. Like I said, like just, you have a character cross. It. it was basically crossbones. It's just he's there and he's blown up. All right. Oh my god! Literally, like yeah, that made no sense, especially crossbones. Ironmonger, he's there and he's Jeff Bridges, and even though he's Jeff Bridges, goodbye. Mickey Rourke, there he is, and now he's not. So I was more or less all right with that. So going back from that, the first scene where she reunites with her sister in that mm-hmm. hideout hotel. Why do they start fighting? Why are they fighting? Yeah, have a similar- What is with this trope? You know, it's exactly like a fighting game. Like if you ever played the Injustice games or the Mortal Kombat's where it's these two characters have a scene and you know they're allies, but they have to have some stupid contrived reason to have a fight because it's a fighting game. And that's <laughs> yeah, exactly like what this was. Fight. I was like, I mean- <laughs> what's going on? I mean, yeah, if you were really, like, looking for a reason, maybe you could argue that, oh, she's not entirely sure that her sister is her sister and maybe she's brainwashed who knows yeah that's what i'm saying too i thought it was because we hadn't had an action scene in like the last four minutes so they had to have another one i mean that's <laughs> probably the actual reason i mean for it, let, yeah. let's be real because obviously you gotta realize since they were all technically in themselves that they were spies literally just on mission they can never know if they were ever going to be on mission to take each other out to hide mm. the fact that the mission happened in the first place because it's Russia. They don't care. You see, that would be a good point if at any point in the film any of them did any actual spying. <laughs> well, Red Guardian technically did <laughs> for three years as he said how boring the mission was. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he doesn't... Well, we don't know what he does, really. He literally said he was bored out of his mind. On, like, or they said that they located the... Uh, the shield factory which actually turned out to be hydra yeah or research facility whatever 
whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, and then um, they do another thing where her sister explains to her what the uh, the red formula is, and you know she explains mm-hmm. it in sort of a technical term, and then she does this other trope that is like for the dumbed down audience in English, please. I'm really tired of hearing that. Well, in English, like, I know what she said. Yeah, it's such an overuse line. Hey, come on. I use, I say that because I'm genuinely maybe average intelligence, but there's still times where I'm like, oh, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, we saw what it does, and then she's like, you know, neuro, whatever. Oh, yeah. I get it. It wasn't even that I much techno babble. It was fine. Well, also, you got to remember, for the kids. <sighs> so... If we didn't give our initial thoughts at the beginning of this thing... Um, I don't believe we did. I, I think, like, five years from now, we're probably going to be saying, oh, this is probably not the most memorable Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, right? Um, it's entertaining, I think... Well, let's be real. Uh, if we want to hold it to a tier, I say this is a B-plus tier movie, no matter what. Because I mean that's pretty I, high. I thought it was a gr- I thought it overall was a, it was above average. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't god awful unlike uh, Captain Marvel or Hulk movies. It, it was overall it was a very satisfactory, great movie that everybody was able to enjoy. Is how I I pretty much see it. I mean I would agree with that. Um, if I had to give it a letter grade, I'd give it like a B minus. Um, but I, that's also that's also. Fair, considering there was all, well, you guys probably saw things in your own technical terms that were just like, eh, and all that was just like, it. overall, it it deserves a solid and fair rating overall. I will say it's not a bad movie to go back to the theater for. Um, it's literally the first, it's literally the first movie I've seen in a theater in a year and a half um, since, like, right as the pandemic started. So, you know, that's nice. I could give it this credit. It was better than Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the new yes. one. Yes, it was better than Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Listen to that last podcast where we say Mortal Kombat. It was a movie. It was a movie. That's literally all they said. I, I don't even think I was in that episode. <laughs> what What if every movie review we just did from here on out was using Mortal Kombat as the baseline? Like, <laughs> where did Well, it was the first one that I went back to at the theater. You're going to hear me say, get over here! It was oh. the first one I went back to at the theater to see, but... I mean, where I live, there's not that many people who go to the theater on weekdays anyway, and just because of current situation, there was nobody in the theater anyway, so it was essentially just like watching it at my home. <laughs> yeah, mine was jam-packed. <laughs> uh, mine was okay. So I was able to get the end seat, which makes me happy because social anxiety. <laughs> so, let's get to the good part of the film. The introduction of Red Guardian. Yes. yes. Good scenes. Brilliant. I like the prison escape. Except for one thing, when they were lowering the helicopter and like... The snow escape was so stupid. It, it was to build up all the tension, I guess, when the avalanche is coming down. And she starts flying the helicopter around and around in a circle to get to him. And that, like, just That did bother me a bit. Just tilt to the right. He's right there. Exactly. Yeah, that that was literally just made for pure suspense to get the younger people not able to tell what's going on. I'm really shocked that they got away. Oh my! Yeah, they literally did that on purpose. You could tell, but overall, it was just so. It was just too funny to not enjoy. Yeah, I like his personality. I like the lines he has. Even his reaction to the oddly thrown in line about their vivisection, which again kind of hints at a serious the, subject me? that got yanked out of the film. No, uh, can you actually, what what the heck is that vivisection? I don't know what that is. is it, no, no, hysterectomy, not vivisection. It's, my, my well, bad. 
So a, vi- a vivisection is just a dissection on a living subject. A hysterectomy is the removal of the female anatomy. No, that's, that's what I meant. Is. I was just that's like, what I meant. is unrelated. He just flubbed the word. Okay, I was so confused. But yeah, no, when he was going on those lines, going like, oh my god, is it your time in the month? He was like, I don't have my period. He was like, all right, you don't need to go <laughs> like, into such nasty detail. I'm like, yeah, why are you going into that oddly specific detail? Yeah, and then it's funny to me how he goes like, yeah, I used to bang this woman that I used to pretend was my wife. I was like, excuse me? Yeah, you were just saying like, oh my god, don't tell me how your uterus got yanked out. Well, I mean, those are two different things. Well, fair enough, but still. Like, like one's kind of bravado man macho talk and the other's like this horrible overly technical medical procedure that's done against their will thing that should never happen to any woman yeah in my fit. that was kind of jarring considering all the other dialogue there's a lot of joke dialogue in this movie i noticed that too yeah. and it's like could it be a little more serious yeah, and even when they were like ser- like the one line literally they went to complete seriousness and then they were just like said something and then like it was regarding saying something funny as I'm just like, all right, come on, man. That was just a serious moment. I don't want to laugh right after that. Yeah. So they get him. And, and I've been seeing that as a reoccurring problem in a few Marvel movies, but I'm just like, dude, come on. Seriousness. So it's like, that's it. So they get him and then they go to their fake mom's ranch with the creepy pig mind control where they reveal that her mom truly is the most evil out of all of them. Because she, she, well, the whole mind yeah. control stuff is her research. Yeah. <laughs> so. When they have that scene where she's like, oh, I already called the Red Room, it's believable that she might be against them at that point a little bit, but... I, I thought she was truly the villain at that point, so I was just like, oh, shit, is she the bad bad? I, I feel like that would have been a better plot twist, right? Like, I know, right? That would have been much better than that than the idiot guy being in charge. No, Dreykov just didn't do anything for me as a villain. No, he didn't do anything at all. Like I said, he felt like he was a cartoon villain. I'm like, oh my god, Elmer Fudd could have done yeah, fucking better. Yeah, it was Disney Channel villain. Oh, yeah, literally, like, yeah, a, a true little Disney in the movies, 90s, like a Disney movie in the 90s villain. That's how I felt he was. So, now the best scene, the family dinner at the table scene, which is immediately preceded by what I feel like is his Mr. Incredible moment when he's fat, but he's slipping into the super suit. I'm like, that's Mr. Incredible. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. He's like, still fits. Still fits. Barely fits. Stomach sticking out. He was flexing and sucking in so hard. <laughs> what was made the helmet went on. So my favorite lines of dialogue comes right after they, you know, they start talking and they're like, yeah, we're not really family at all. None of us are related. This is all fake. It was all a sham. Yeah. And then they immediately start eating and they start acting like a family. Like her mother says, Natasha, don't slouch. Slouch? What? I don't slouch. Natasha, listen to your mother. <laughs> you, will get be- you will get back problems. Yeah. And then after like literally, I swear, I count it. I counted this. Three shots in. Yelena's already ready to go on a full mental breakdown. Going, no, this was all real to me. What do you mean? You are my mother. You are my father. I was like, whoa, hold on. You did not have that much to drink yet. <laughs> she was just having a moment. I was like, what? Yeah, and I get that, but I was just like, whoa, hold on here. Did she know? Because she's, she made it seem like that. She did know, but then she says, oh, I didn't know that you weren't my real family. I don't know. She basically said it was real to I, her. Yeah. That was up in the air, but I felt like she truly did know, but she wanted to keep that fantasy alive just to keep her like inner child alive as well, I guess, considering, like, I don't know. That's up to interpretation. So, look, it's obvious that, you know, Yelena and uh, Natasha didn't know their real families going into that relationship. Obviously. 
So for them, that was the only real family they ever had. You know, for her, especially a young kid, it's uh, that memorable, you know? It, it, yeah, and then once uh, Natasha said, it was real to me, too, I was just like, oh, okay, that that's good. So they, they both at least consider themselves family, which is, I'm sorry, it's just adorable. Yeah, and then yeah, um, like, another really good moment. I liked all, like, these character moments, specifically these more than anything else, when she goes into the bedroom and then the Crimson Guardian goes there and then they have their little talk. <laughs> Crimson Dynamo. Yeah, she called him Crimson Dynamo. Killed, I was like, ah. that, that line killed me. Because as, so hard. as some might know, Crimson Dynamo in the comics was Ivan Vanko, but who was Ivan Vanko in the MCU? It was Whiplash. Birdman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. He was like, it's a it's a red gummy. He was <laughs> so embarrassed. And I thought that scene, particular scene where, you know, they're having the moment and then they get interrupted by people out to get them, that kind of mirrors the opening scene where they're having the moment again at the family table and then they're interrupted because they have to run to the house because people are out to get them. Yeah. So it's like, and, and that was like right after an hour in the film and it's a two hour movie. So it's like you have these two definitive halves where it's like starts out family and then actiony stuff and then you have reunites his family and then actiony stuff. Overall, they made it a pretty good full circle film, but the last 20 minutes, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, over the top. Yeah, Sanders' third act you know, blow up the airship. Again, that's another thing that basically felt exactly like Winter Soldier, right? So why does he have a flying fortress? Yeah, that's where I was just like, how in the hell? How did he get a flying fortress? At first, I thought it was going to be, oh, he has one of the shield helicarriers, I guess. Yeah. But no, it's nope. not. Or is it? Makes, it's, it's literally something out of Camp Castlevania. What I will say is it makes about as much sense as Hydra completely taking over shields, right? Um, yep. <laughs> so... Yeah. And, Take over from within. Uh, and again, the other Winter Soldier illusion there is, you know, you, the, both movies end with these guys on the ground seemingly unharmed by this giant collapsing airship. Uh, Even though that's impossible by all means. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's basically the Winter Soldier, but with Black Widow instead of Captain America. Well, not, not so much, but I mean, there are some definitive traits that separate, but again, what once again, not mutually exclusive. You can see the... Uh, similarities so then we get the scenes of their plan in action while they're in the fortress and the thing where they take off the masks of their face that's that's just mission impossible <laughs> directly mission impossible which again i, I, I thought that was in reference to something i was like what they've done that repeatedly in the mcu though that was also like a winter soldier reference yeah they did that there too and it's like i wanted this so much to be more of a s spy thriller rather than just big action yeah what was weird to me, they treated Red Guardian as if he was a failed experiment, whereas Winslow Soldier was just like their golden boy. I'm like, wait, what? Well, there were two different organizations. Red Guardian was directly... Yeah, and I, and I mean, I get that, but it's just like, still, what? Yeah. So Red Guardian was made by the guy... What was his name again? I keep, I don't even remember. Drakoff? Drakoff. Yeah. So Red Drakoff, Guardian yeah. was like commissioned by Drakoff, and then he did not want anything to do with them, and then uh, Winter Soldier was Hydra. Do they ever explicitly say that Drakov was directly responsible for Red Guardian or just that he was a contemporary of him? I believe he, they were, I'll just say, business partners for the sake of it. Yeah, because, I, I mean, they okay. basically say... I feel like that's how it was. They basically just say that Red Guardian's created by the Soviet government, right? Like, oh, as a, yeah, he, he says he's the, he yeah. just says, I'm the Soviet Union's first ever super soldier. And what happens to me, I get thrown in jail for the rest of my life. 
or something like that. I like when he's talking about Captain America and he's like, yes, we were, co- we were not comrades, but we were adversaries. We had many battles. Yeah. And then I pushed him through the window. It's hilarious. <laughs> so one thing I thought was odd was that uh, when she was confronting Drakoff and he says, ah, 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 you can't touch me because of the way I smell. Pheromones. Are- Did that rub anybody else the wrong way? Just like... Just imagine the smell. No, yes and no. Well, yeah, first of all, I, I mean, that's also giving off Harvey Weinstein vibes, but... Yeah, uh... oh, God, don't give me... Mm. And I knew right away when she was letting him punch her, that's like... that. I knew, oh, oh yeah, he's obviously, obviously, yeah. she's obviously trying to let him break her nose so she can't smell, and then it wouldn't work. I was like, yeah, oh, that, that was so just weird. here's the thing that bugs me, right? Like, that basically implies you need to be constantly smelling his pheromones for that whole thing to work, right? So... What if she was across the room? Could she fire a gun then? <laughs> what if she just got a nose pin uh, or a clothes pin on her nose? Yeah, it seems like there's a million ways to bypass that other than breaking your nose or other than like severing that nerve, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And she was just like, just got to separate the nerve. I'm like, but what if you need that just to like function just like your hand-eye coordination is like what what else is it connected to what if you need to not be in excruciating pain and bleeding profusely to carry out your mission so let's this is a perfect segue into let's talk about how invincible she is and her sister is in this entire film they fall off buildings black canary is basically the dc version of her and she can stand up against superman no she can't no she cannot kind of but with her voice no she really can't I mean, she does the sonic attack, and then she gets laser vision, and she's done. You know what I'm trying to say. She can go up against gods for some reason in hand-to-hand combat for about at least 10 minutes. Well, look. That's all I'm saying. And she does the same. Again, this is this is literally just Black Widow. She's just a normal yeah. person with She's not some a super special soldier. training, right? Exactly. Yes, but like she has the uh, heightened training. Uh, uh, no super serum, but last I checked. Which, by the way... All the widows have the exact same training, which makes it all the more puzzling about of how she can hold her own for an amount of time when he sends them all after her. It's like she's just beating them all up. Well, to be fair, a lot of them were widows in training, right? They weren't like fully developed or anything. It was also said that she was genetically chosen because she was literally in her own genetics the best fit for the Red Room. I'm pretty sure that was said. Yeah, but I would assume that that's all of them. That's how they're all chosen. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it, like, hers were just, like, pure, purely perfect, while others were, like, not so much. I mean, that's either way. Were, like, one in 20, like, get through the training or That's not a shit. superpower. <laughs> I'm not saying it was a superpower. I'm just saying that, like, obviously there was some type of exception for her as why she stood above the rest. Maybe, maybe. I could see interpreting it that I, way. But I don't know. I'm, I might be reaching here, but I'm just saying. So she falls off buildings, she hits every single thing possible, every object on the way down, (laughs) lands like a cat on her feet while the other one is all crumpled on the floor. You remember that? The one widow who dies and then she uh, blasts her own head off? Well, no, that was uh, was Dracoff. She said literally right before she dies, he's making me do it. Yeah, literally, and gone. So she survives all that. She survives the, the truck getting blasted. She survives getting beat up by all these guys. She slams her face down, breaks her face. Next scene, no blood, no anything, just fine. Just crack back into place. Now I'm fighting this robot guy. Now I'm falling off. I'm, I'm, I'm literally skydiving, falling off all this debris. And this parachute opens right before we hit the ground. But it's okay. That We're all fine. bother me a bit because of continuity. Everything is fine. No bones broken. I'm all right. 
Why is she invincible? Oh, and then her sister, who does this thing, I'm not even sure if it's humanly possible, shoves like a metal rod into a fully spooled up turbine. I would think that it would just deflect it right away back at her face. But she shoves it in there. It blows up in her face and no marks, no scars. She's fine. Everything's good. Why are they invincible? It's, yeah. Why can't Cat get drunk? It's, I mean, look, it, it, it's ultimately a problem with any Hollywood movie where the protagonist essentially can't die because they're the protagonist. Even though this protagonist is dead. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, exactly. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, you see this in James Bond where he walks away from critical damage far more often than he should. But that doesn't make it okay. It's dumb every time it happens. Every action hero whatever should be literally like covered in third degree burns because of the explosions that they let off. Right. Rambo should have so many damn scars. <laughs> is all I'm saying. The short answer is it's suspension of disbelief. Stupid. Right. Like you just sort of have to accept that you know you can't <laughs> like you have to suspend. And also, bo- it's a fucking movie. Exactly. You just have to sort of realize none of this is realistic. So I, I do have one more point to bring up before we talk about the post credit scene. Um, yes, please. The CGI, I, I know it was criticized by a lot of casual viewers, basically saying it looked completely fake. Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, I thought it was all right, but I was just like, I, I'm not the best with it. It's just like, yeah, I was just like, wow, some of this is a little lazy. Well, so I, I you know, I didn't think anything looked exceptionally bad. Um, I, I thought for the I most didn't part, it, but I was just like, I always thought it looked good. I don't know. It's like you. I, there have definitely been Marvel movies where the CGI just doesn't work or doesn't hold up. Hulk and Hulk too. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think about like the honestly Hulk fight scenes in Black Panther. That's no, that abomination was literally an abomination. Oh yeah, the CGI, the actual character models in Incredible Hulk were kind of lousy. <laughs> the end fight in Black Panther. Ew. Oh yeah, the whole fight between uh, Black Panther and Killmonger. It, it looked like PS2 graphics. Oh, uh, between him and Killmonger. Yeah, even I was just like. Oh, that's another shit. movie where it like touches on these serious subjects that you could see being expanded, but no, we, no, we just gotta just squeeze those, cut them down, chop them down. Let's have some fights now. Make make it a complete line. Be like, no, put me at sea like the rest of the other ones did. I was just like, whoa, okay, hold on. Yeah. Okay, so we should probably wrap this up. Let's get to the post credit scene. Well, one last thing that I was confused on. How did the entire fortress start blowing up? Because all we get is that one engine was damaged, uh, and then all of a sudden the entire thing is just a cascading explosion. Yeah, M- Melina, I believe, was just like, oh, uh, yeah, I just took out this entire engine, change of plan. And I was just like, what? I mean, she designed the thing, so they must not have any safeguards that she can't bypass, right? Yes, I believe that it was uh, also mentioned. Well, what happened to it that the whole thing just went down? Yeah. Because they said, first, we're going to land it. Then she's like, controlled crash landing. Oh, but it's all blowing up now. How did that happen? Well, it clearly wasn't a controlled landing. I don't remember that, but... uh... I don't know. The whole thing just starts blowing up without much reason. Whatever. And the last thing that confused me, why does she tell her family to go off and say, don't worry, I'll hold off this army that's coming for us? Why? They just flew away in a plane. Yeah, I mean, they, that, yeah, you're right. They just basically completely gloss over that and the fact that she's free from shields two weeks later. <laughs> they, they could have addressed that better. Yeah. Well, there's really no explanation for that other than she had to go off. She had to go off and find Captain America so we could, I guess, logically get to the scene in Infinity War. That already happened. Anyway, so yeah, yep. <laughs> that, that was it. Uh, 
So on a scale of, you know how sometimes when you're asked to rate something online now, and it doesn't even give you numbers, it doesn't give you words, it just gives you emojis, where it's like on the far left is the really frowny face, then slightly frowny face, then straight face, slight smile face, then big smile face. I guess I would put this somewhere on the slight smile face. (laughs) Yeah, so I think we're all sort of in agreement with this. I have a uh, giddy happy face, I'll admit, because it just makes me happy the fact that our girl Black Widow finally got her own movie, which, again, should have happened years ago. But it couldn't have happened before me, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Seriously. No, it did not need to happen before that, because guess what? It's it's an issue. But here's the thing. Guys, it shouldn't be an issue. Learn better. Act better. Like I said, maybe they were hinting at something very specific in the script that dealt with, like, male control over females. Because he even has a throwaway line in there where he's like, we're using, I'm using the one resource the world has too much of. Girls. But we don't get a reason why it has to be girls. Unless there's some other things going on, but they don't explain that, so. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah a little creepy. But, all right, so uh, I believe we're at this point where we definitely need to talk about that end credit scene because, holy shit. First, because I'm always forgetting about her and I feel bad. I'm like, who the fuck's Valentina? She's Elaine Venice or Veep. <laughs> the yeah. Veep from Veep. Uh, Veep. <laughs> Veep from Veep, yes. For what? what, what or Christine. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, man. She's... Like this is gonna help me. She's. Been- I literally got. I literally got one of the Superman actors confused with Kevin James. Average audience, everybody. She starred in literally three of the biggest sitcoms of the last thirty years. I can't believe you don't know who she is. <laughs> yeah, she was there to say that there's gonna how be. How many movies have I said I haven't seen, and how many TV shows I haven't seen on this podcast? Seventy-eight episodes worth. <laughs> Clearly, the way I see it, this was the connection they were making. They had her in because they're now going to transition into a sitcom series on Disney Plus about Black Widow's family, where we get to see more of the Red Guardian and his tales about facing his nemesis, Captain America. Well, here's the thing. that They did announce that David Arbor influenced Pew both signed multi-year deals with uh, Marvel. So we will be seeing a lot of them more, which makes me excited. But overall, uh, I gotta say, uh, this is my opinion on the end credit scene. Uh, it literally made me say, what the fuck in theater? Because I was like, continuity-wise, it was just like, wait, we already know how she dies. Well, like, why would you do that? And that was just it. It's just like, uh, all right, I mean, I get, like, if you want to do for the uh, Hawkeye series, like, pretty much say, like, oh my god, she has beef with him, kills him off before she get, he can finish Kate Bishop's no, no, no. training it's, or it's something none like of that. that. Is it, no, I know it's not none of that, but I'm just saying. Like, no, I mean, it is none of that. That's not, the only thing contextually-wise would make sense. Okay, so first of all, but let's not mince words here. It's, like, pretty clear that Hawkeye does lead to the death of Black Widow. I mean, you, sure. know, you can dress it up however you like, but... I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they were there. You could see how they would misdirect her anger towards him, right? The, the more important thing is... Yeah, no, I'm not saying... I'm not denying that. I do see it that way, but I was just like, why? Unless well, we're making him look like Ronan as if he was the crazy serial killer he was before. Look, you're missing the important part here, which is it's Valentina, whatever her name is, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, was also, you know, introduced in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, she was, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I was asking earlier. I didn't know what movie she was in. Oh, something to keep in mind. This movie was supposed to come out at least, I think, early summer last year. So this would have been before Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. So keep that in mind. Uh, it, it doesn't really make a difference, though, when you consider she's essentially playing the same role in both films, where she's this darker, more mysterious version of Nick Fury, basically. And Oh, so, okay. That, now that makes sense. See? she. So she recruits John Walker for the same program. And it's pretty clear oh, to me that she's assembling she some sort of government-led version of the Avengers. And, you know, I, Mike's not on here with yeah. us, but uh, he's basically been saying, oh, it's probably the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts. some you other know, that's version. The team. That was the team. The Dark Avengers. Wasn't that the one led by Norman Osborn in the Iron Patriot suit? It's gone through a few iterations. And you had Wolverine's son... In his costume, what? and you had uh, Venom instead of Spider-Man, so he, like, toned down his look. Was it Red Hulk in this as well? No, Red Hulk is in Thunderbolts, but Dark Avengers was something different. That's what I was saying, Thunderbolts. Yeah, it was Red Hulk, I know there was Elektra, Punisher, Deadpool. Well, we went off the rails for a third time tonight. Nice. <laughs> you know, this is your fault. <laughs> I blame you. I don't do anything wrong. What do you mean? Agent of Chaos, don't care. <laughs> yes, you are Loki. <laughs> I love mischief. It's worth noting that this character played by Julie Louis-Dreyfus is not, like, a major character in the comics. She's really just this, like, espionage, secret agent. Yeah, so right now it's made very clear that she works directly for the U.S. government in some sort of shadowy capacity. She's clearly, clearly very loyal, but very mysterious. You, you know, you don't have to read too much into her to know exactly who she is in this capacity. Um but you can't help but realize, oh, she's very much like in the position Nick Fury was in back in 2008, 2010, right? Um, like, like, yeah, so yeah. that's where we're at right now. All right. I can accept that. Yeah, I could have seen there being more centered around her whole family there. I, I like that. I like the, dyna- the dynamic they had. I did. I did, too. It, it, it was kind of cute. I was just like, oh, this is kind of nice either way. I am anxious to see what they do with the Red Guardian moving forward. He's going to have a crossover with Hellboy. And then they're going to have a crossover with Hopper from Stranger Things. Just uh, the David Harbour verse. Well, that season season four is going to be coming out later this year. And he did technically get captured by the Russians. So it's, it's basically going to be Loki starring David Harbour. Here's my theory, right? Because, you know, Hellboy, he's from hell. So he's like a monster thing. And in Stranger Things, there's a monster well, world. And also, we know that yeah. Hopper is in Russia now and he's in yeah. prison. So he's going to meet the Red Guardian in yeah. prison in Russia. And then they're both yeah. going to venture into the Upside Down where they're going to meet <laughs> Hellboy. And then they're all going to fight the evil. Notice how John was blaming me, blaming me earlier for uh, things going off the rails. Hey, I <laughs> see nothing wrong with this theory. <laughs> I love you, but God damn it! The last thing I do want to say about the post-credit scene is it's pretty obvious that Florence Pugh is probably going to be in the Hawkeye series, and you know, there's going to be some <laughs> relevance there. I could see her getting to a whole fight with this future Hawkeye. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, e- either way, I can tell that they're setting up for Phase Four, which is nice, but it's just like, oh my god. And then Julia Louise Dreyfus is going to recruit Paige from the WWE as a new Avenger, and then she's going to be Black Widow's yes. sister, and then they're going to pick up face to face, and you're going to be like, "Hey, something ain't right here." Okay, I think we've gone off the rails enough here. <laughs> Once again, it being John's fault, not mine. <laughs> I'm sure. Anyway, we've been talking for a while here. It's been a long yes, episode. It's been. Uh, we had a lot of talk about this time, and overall, but uh, it, with this movie, I think we can all collectively agree. Deserves a uh, fair B average rating. It is a very enjoyable, sure. fun movie. Well, like, 
I like right? I like the drama it, sections of it anyway, and the first sequence. You, you can't find joy anymore in anything, so I'm gonna just disregard that. No. <laughs> hey, I like parts of it. The action sequences I could care less because we've seen so many of those, and these I didn't think were that unique from what we've already seen. Aside from the fact of being completely unbelievable, but you know. There were, there were good things about this. No, I, I, get, I get what you mean, but either way, I'm just having fun with that. I, I didn't feel like I needed to watch a hundred movies to understand it. Uh, considering that this, uh, what, this universe started, like, what, 20 years ago? Or, like, back in 08? 13 when, uh, years. Iron Man came out? Yeah. I never said I was good at math, people. All right, but overall, I, I do think we can all collectively agree that um, with how they've structured everything, we're still, still able completely to enjoy it, so... I don't know if I'd pay $30 to see it, though. No, I wouldn't. I'm not paying 30 bucks to see it on any streaming service ever. Yeah. And, uh, no. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. If you get the matinee, maybe. With all that being said, I don't think we formally introduced the thing unless John did it briefly did. at the beginning. Okay. So, if you like what you heard here, this is the Utterly Nonsense Podcast. You know the drill. All of our links are on utterlynonsense.com, as well as links to all of our previous podcasts. Check it out. If you liked what you heard here, subscribe, do the thing, AP Music, play us out.